Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Nightcap on WGR Sports Radio 550. We talked about this song today. Uh, 7 o'clock is the time. I'm Corey Griswold. We'll be here with you until 8 p.m., at which point you will be treated to the uh, sights and... Nope, it's radio. You'll be treated to the sounds of the Home Run Derby, uh, which we will be carrying live uh, from Coors Field, uh, where uh, large men will hit baseballs a long distance. That's what we uh, always look uh, to try to do here. Uh, here at the sports radio station is play that kind of stuff for you. Uh, the kinds of stars you might be seeing uh, at the game today. I mean, uh, you could be seeing a lot. Uh, there's the uh, Otani from Japan, uh, who is maybe the best player since Babe Ruth, uh, which is, you know, that's cool. Uh, who else will be there? Uh, let's see. Joe DiMaggio. Nope. Mickey Mantle. No, he's, no. Sandy Koufax. Nope. Ted Williams. Maybe. Hank Aaron. Carl Yastrzemski. Babe Ruth. Hank Aaron and Willie Mays. Carl Yastrzemski. Rogers Hornsby. Sure. Jimmy Fox. Wade Boggs. Ty Cobb. Lou Gehrig. O.J. Simpson. Absolutely not. Joel Clark. Maybe. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of stuff going on tonight. Uh, you'll be able to watch it. All-Star Game is tomorrow night. We will also carry uh, the All-Star Game. Uh, here for you on WGR. So a lot of talk recently about the Sabres because they're the ones with the most potential energy because there's a lot of buildup of they have these players who hate playing here and they don't want to play for the Sabres anymore because the Sabres have generally been bad for the entire time they have played in the National Hockey League. Guys like Rasmus Ristolainen, Sam Reinhart, uh, Jack Eichel, they have not said specifically out loud except for Ristolainen, like, hey, maybe someplace else? Um, but generally the vibe coming out of the Sabres and coming out of people reporting about the Sabres is that those three dudes would like to try something else. That's fine. Um, I'm generally of the opinion that the most important person that the Sabres have to move in this offseason is Ristolainen. And the reason I believe Ristolainen's the most important guy to move is not because necessarily um, he's he's going to get you the most return. That's not what I'm talking about. I, I think the guy, the reason you got to move the guy is because he makes your team worse. And I don't think Reinhardt, I don't think Eichel do that. I don't think they make you worse. Uh, they haven't been good with them, sure. But I think the person who makes your team actively bad is Ristolainen. Ristolainen plays a ton of minutes. He uh, generally makes bad decisions. Uh, 
All the advanced statistics that you have on the guy are not all that great, especially for the fact that he plays a ton of minutes. He plays with your best players, therefore dragging them down and making their job harder because he's not making good decisions as a defenseman. So he is actively making people around him bad. That's why he's got to go. So do you need to get a different defenseman? Is it just addition by subtraction? Let's find out. I'm game for it. I am ready to see not Rasmus Ristolainen play for the Buffalo Sabres. I would be absolutely excited to see not 55 on the ice for them for 30 minutes a night. Again, like, the Sabres have had bad dudes play hockey for them, like Cody Eakin, if you'd like it. Um, But, you know, they've been last place for like five out of 50-something years or so. Like, a lot of times they've been bad here. Uh, recently, you don't have to look very hard to find dudes who are bad at hockey. The Sabres excel at that. The thing about Ristolainen is that, again, those other bad dudes who play hockey for them, generally speaking, they play like, I don't know, even sometimes even sub-10 minutes a night. They're playing fourth-line minutes, third-line minutes. They're not out there killing you all the time. That guy kills you. He plays on the primary power play. He plays with your top line. He goes up against the top lines of, you know, whoever you're playing against. And, this, again, the Sabres play in a very good division. They're playing the Lightning, uh, maybe, again. Uh, they're going to play the Bruins. Uh, they're going to play uh, teams that are ahead of them. They're going to play the Rangers. They're going to play the Penguins. They're going to play the Panthers now are ahead of them. They're going to play Detroit, who was about to lap them pretty soon, if, you if you're not careful. You can't have a guy constantly being put in the position to do the most damage, doing the most damage against you. The Sabres have been playing with a landmine on their roster, essentially speaking, since what? Uh, since the moment they drafted him? Are we going back to 2012, 2013? I mean, it's not great. TJ Luckman is Hi. here with me as well on the nightcap. Hi, Hi Corey. Hi, TJ. Nice to be here. Uh, TJ, you more than anybody at the station, maybe along with uh, Brian Koziel and Paul ha- and our Paul Hamilton and Pat, like you're part of that crew. You're here for you're here for all that action, buddy. I was here for uh, 55 of 56 this year. <laughs> I kept track. It was easy when you only miss one. It's not great. Um, so I know that everybody's ready to just move on from literally anybody who they have ever seen in a Sabres uniform over the past few seasons just to get it out of our system. Like the... I should probably feel something that Jack Eichel will no longer be a Buffalo Saber, but honestly, I don't care. Like, he's, I, he's never given me a happy moment in my life. Not once. It's it's to the point where I'm I'm just waiting for it to happen at this point. Like, it's not going to... Uh, it's not going to upset me. It's more or less just going to be like, yep, there it is. That's the move that needs to be made at this point. Right. Even when... Even if he wins a Stanley Cup someplace else, right? And he's Conn Smythe winner. Like, the worst thing, the worst possible scenario. Right. Wins a Stanley Cup with the Boston Bruins, holds his Conn Smythe trophy, a go team. I won't care. The Bruins have already won a Stanley Cup by going right through me before, so that's no different. And I didn't, I have absolutely no emotional response to Jack Eichel at all. None. So seeing him perform on another team, I'll be like, did he play for us? He looks familiar. He's got a weird haircut. I don't know the guy. Who is that? I'm just not going to remember. I'll just black out this entire era of Sabres hockey. Yeah, two numbers? And just stick with one? That's odd. What a weird what a weirdo. Well what, one one guy had his number, he wanted the number, then the one guy left. Kane uh, Vander Kane had number nine at first when uh Jack was drafted. So Yep. But stick with fifteen kit. No, it doesn't matter to it, me. It um, matter. None of it matters. Right, right. None of it matters. I, yeah. 
it's it's I, I get it, man. It's it's hard. It's hard, yeah, especially when you're you're sitting in the seat and you're you're doing the games and you're watching them. And I totally agree with you. There's like not there's definitely moments of Jack I'll remember, but none of this has really been very happy. Uh, as a, as a fan, uh. I haven't been happy as a fan in what uh, since 2011. That's the last time they made the playoffs, and we're we're uh, just their hopes and dreams were dashed by Villy Leno, who ended up joining the team, and that's where all this started. And <laughs> here we go, and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, I what you're supposed to feel something when a player of that stature, at least that what, what we're told of, is leaves your team, right? Yeah. And we did when we. I was emotional when the Sabres traded Jason Pominville. Yeah. Like when he was, when he departed and he went to the Minnesota Wild and it really felt like the team was start really breaking up at that moment. Like that, that hurt having to give up that. And we were just barely hanging on by that point yeah. with the team. And it was obvious that Miller and Vanek were going to be going next. And this is, this is nothing. I mean, they're nothing to me. It's, it's true, though, because when you think about Vanek and Pominville and Miller, all those guys, they were a part of something. What's Jack Eichel, uh, Sam Reinhart? I mean, let's let's include them all. Rasmus Ristolainen, the co- let's bring in the coaches, Ted Nolan, sure. uh, Dan Bilesma, the Phil Housley. Like, what has there you been? You want to bring in the owners? Yeah, right. Yeah, why does, might as well. It's all been under them. This entire period has been under them. I so mean— You it, can't not bring in the owners. It, yeah, I, it's— it's hard. Like, you, you I'm sorry. It's been ten years. The Sabers are where they're at. They promised everything. It feels like, and ten years later, we, they have absolutely nothing to show for it. They're about to trade, uh, arguably one of the best players that's come through. The one of the most talented players that's come through uh, in the past twenty years. It's, and even arguing the logic of. Is this the right move to do? Is this the wrong thing to do? What do you have to get in return for them? Like the technical aspect of the moves that are coming up. I don't care. Like I, it's I should I should absolutely be excited about this. But even like generating an enthusiasm for the strategy of what is taking place in hockey and with the franchise, and again the potential energy that is stored in the Sabers right now. I mean. I don't, why should I have any faith that this is going to work out? Again, this is like, it's the real problem with that team is that there is no, really nowhere to place your faith without just constantly digging deep and just ignoring everything that's happened in the past to want them to be good again. And I don't have, I ain't got the time, man. Like there's other stuff on TV I could do. There's, it's, like I don't have to only watch the Buffalo Sabres now. Like they, they got to compete with the entire world, practically speaking, for the attention of people who live in Western New York. And and why should you care? What reason have they given you to believe that they're going to make the right move, that they're going to make the right decision? They've made, again, they've made 10 years of, of blunders, pretty much. You've heard Paul say it on the station a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, Botterill had to re-sign Skinner. He was under orders. Is the dude who gave the orders still here? Uh... Because if they are, if the people who gave Botterill those orders to re-sign Skinner, if they're still making decisions and they're still giving orders, that's bad news. Because even though I was okay with paying Skinner at the time, I probably would have made the bad decision too. But I should have been fired because I screwed up. I think the people who gave those orders can't be fired. 
Yeah, well, when you when you think about it, the uh, there was only two people that Jason Bottrell uh, answered to. So, I those mean, two people cannot be fired, and they're here, and they're. I mean, I mean, listen, you, you, we don't know what they they said. We don't know that that's true. What have you? We know some some things are true, but the fact of the matter remains is that they've been the owners for ten years, and it's been an absolute horror show the entire the entire time. And and a lot of that you can say, you know what? That was there's you know there's no doubt in my mind that 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 something must have been something from the from the owners. Yeah. And the Skinner thing, like. And I, I mean, we're arguing over a dead body at this point. Right, right. I, I Jace, Jason, uh, you know, you're in Seattle now, so so good luck to you there, I suppose. But God, I wish he, I hope he's got the ear of Francis, so they can get Ristolainen yeah, in the expansion yeah. draft. I'm we, we begging gotta get, for it. We got to get that guy, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's, absolutely. After, listen, listen. I know, I know what our stats people are going to say, but hear me out. <laughs> he plays a ton of minutes. You can just toss him out there in any situation. I mean, he he hits hard. He's the kind. He's absolutely the kind of defenseman you can build around. I can sell Ristolainen. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of. I feel like a lot of uh, people in hockey, uh, a lot of selling a defenseman is saying how many minutes he plays. Yep, he can play forty-five minutes a night for me. He right. had COVID last year. We played him until he had an average of twenty-two minutes. Yeah. Well, and he had he had COVID, and he came out and he played. Close to twenty five or twenty six. That was fun, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And then it took like maybe two or three games for somebody to say, "Yeah, this is really hard to play this many minutes." At and and Ralph Kruger admitting, "Yeah, yeah, that's something we should have looked Man, at." I mean, he <laughs> said out loud, "I didn't could I couldn't take stairs because of how bad it was." Like he had he didn't get he didn't get like he had it bad. Oh yeah. And, and he was back playing to his normal <laughs> amount per night. <laughs> hey, man, right back out there. Good to see you. Where you been? What's up? Yeah, right? Get 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 back out there. Let's go. I mean. <laughs> you got skates? You going to use them? Come on. <laughs> right. So that it was cool that that happened. Um, it's, ah, there's just there's so much bad that still radiates, still fresh in the memory. And, on, and, I mean, all the players are dealing with this at the same time. I mean, they're also looking at this going like, Oh God! What are we doing? Here? Yeah, right. So like, there's a there's a weird sense of like camaraderie here between the players and the fans. It doesn't seem apparent at first, but like, you know, if if you got a chance to talk to Eichel or Ristolainen or Reinhardt, they would we'd all probably be like, we can't survive like this. This sucks. And there's no emotions here. And like, we would be a mutual break. This is a Nationals song. Is essentially what's going on with our relationship here. It's so bad. So, I am fully on board with just wiping the slate clean, getting everybody out of here. You're like, yeah, sure, Reinhardt, go. I would wish you didn't, because I like Reinhardt the best out of the three of them. I agree. Um, but yeah, sure, Eichel, go. Fine, whatever. Reinhardt, all right, fine, gotta go. See you, Ristolainen, please. Um, and then you're left with stuff essentially, but there's no there there because they're so new and they're so raw, and a lot of them are still kids. And Granado is a blank slate, essentially. Uh, lost more games than he won, but generally speaking, he hasn't done something extraordinarily stupid yet. So the lack of that stupid decision is what a lot of people, I think, are resting on with Don Granado being able to do some kind of good work here with the team, with the players that they have. So I think I think when you talk about trading these guys, you have to really 
think about you're not trading them because they're bad players. You're trading them because you have no pathway forward with those, no foreseeable pathway forward with those players. But you do if you trade them for futures. Yeah. And that's and that's the most attractive part of trading them. You think about what they've done, which is like individually they've done a lot, but for the team it's just not coming together. And that's another part of this is if they're going to trade these guys, they've got to come back with players that they can evaluate that they know are going to be good. That's the one thing. That's another. I'm sorry. That's not the one thing. That's the millionth thing that they haven't been able to do is draft well. And that's gone from before the Pagulas even even were the owners of the team. They just have not been good at evaluating young players. And on top of that, they haven't been good at developing them. Unless it's a sure thing. Yeah. Like unless you have your Eichels, your your Reinhardts, your top picks who are just the the personality type that are just gonna work it themselves. Yeah. Or they're gonna hire their own people. Like the, they haven't shown a propensity outside of the top two picks to take a guy that's that's worth anything. Yeah. D- Dylan Cousins is the first one where we're really having a conversation where he's going to be a, a main piece of the team, maybe, based on his, his last season. And, and, and who and who even knows about that? That's going back to Ristolainen and uh, right. Gergensen's, right. and both of which a lot of people would say shouldn't be shouldn't have been here. <laughs> they should have moved on previously, and they should not have been as big a role with the team as they had. Right, right. Oh. <sighs> 8030550 is the number if you want to join us for uh, about 45 minutes going into uh, the uh, home run derby. There's the Sabres that are just sitting there. If you want to talk about them, uh, you can talk about uh, the soccer if you managed to watch it yesterday. There's a big sports day yesterday. Big sports day. Uh, I, di- I didn't get a chance to watch the Gold Cup, but I did watch uh, I did watch the Euros, and that was that was fun. England scoring in the first two minutes, and not only. And then, but who scoring for them, right? Right, like just like I, the, I saw the joke, and you're, you're wearing a Liverpool jersey, so uh, right back to left back is a that's a, that's a clap move. So you can thank Jurgen Klopp for that. <laughs> there we go. Um, just it, it, that was that was an amazing day. That was a that was interesting though, because England scored, and then they never were really anything after no, that. No, they their energy level was not quite, and neither honestly neither was Italy's it, for a long stretch of that match it looked like Italy didn't quite know what to do when they ran up against the English wall they were messing around the perimeter trying to figure out like where to go or what to do but nobody even up on the front line were moving all that much it was very static yeah so I think both teams were like oh so what now (laughs) right basically so that was Italy for the next 65 minutes until they they got their goal and they made they made a change uh at that time I, I forgot who they brought on but it was Benucci scored and then that was an injury didn't they they right they had right. a guy they had the guy come out they had to put a new guy in. right right but obviously so that works works out for them and then at that point England's not threatening you go until penalty kicks yeah which uh lots of people have thoughts on um, I, I I loved it. I, I was going to say I so like a lot of people the the biggest thing I saw was comparing it to like the shootout in hockey and to me like they can't be any more different even though they really are relatively the same just in based in how things go. Like it when I think about it in hockey, I never minded ties. The shootout was w- always whatever to me. And also in in hockey, I've no 
we have no problem with them playing five overtimes. Like, right. Right. That that's just totally normal. But because I think what people for don't understand is that in soccer there are draws. Yes. It's that you don't end every soccer game like this. Right. Most of them end after ninety minutes. Right. You don't even bother with overtime or you, extra time or, right. or Right. You end a soccer game like this when you absolutely need a result. Right. Like you have to have finality. Right. And like you can't just keep playing all night long because of the physical nature of the sport and also because of the potential for matches playing later. Right. Especially if you're in a tournament. Like if a game like that happened in the that happens all the time. When you get into the knockout stages and they go to kicks early on in the knockout stages, you just can't have these two teams play for 400 minutes. Right. It's it's just it's not feasible when you think about it for hockey. They're on skates, they can glide, they can kind they can still move relatively well without moving their feet if they need to. In soccer, they're just running straight up for 90 minutes or, right. 100, or 120 in 45-minute bursts. Yes. Yeah, you're running 10K in 90 minutes, essentially, if you're playing a full 90. Right. So, and, and in hockey, I mean, you have shifts. You get you can take breaks. Um, right. It's not – there aren't there are few and far between breaks in soccer. It's 45-minute halves, and then you get a break. Right. It's not like it's 20 minutes, and then you stop, uh, even it, though it's continuous clock. Yeah. In hockey, you're doing, like – if you even get to overtime, at that point, you're doing less than a minute shifts. You're doing 40, 50 seconds shifts. Right. Getting off, getting the next line on. You're probably rolling one less line, depending on what team you are. But, you I, yeah, it's a, the reason, there's a reason it's set up. It's a right. sport that's been going on forever. And that's honestly, the main point. It was, it's fine. It's totally fine. Because I saw Argentina and Colombia go to kicks. In Copa America, a uh, couple of, last weekend, I think it was, and that was a perfectly fine result and way for it to go to because it was a great game. Yeah, the game leading up to it was great. I mean, yeah. Italy and England got there eventually. It was the tension that kind of carried that game through because of ever, everything that was on the line. For sure, and then it just ends in this dramatic, ex- just explosion of of dramatic explosion of drama i talk on this <laughs> thing for a, uh, not even for a living just sometimes but you get it it's uh that was you got southgate making those decisions of who what? to go out there and to kick and you have you he puts the three kids in a row out there subs two on, subs two of them on right to put them in that spot yep i mean and i mean Saka is out there already um as a sub i think in that game and was and like i don't I I appreciate I would have appreciated if it I I mean I would have appreciated if it was my coach being like no those these are the dudes they go. Yeah. Like okay, I don't have the understanding of the statistics to know who's a better shooter in that spot. So like whatever the statistics tell you who's the better shot, they should be shooting for you. Right. You start with Kane, who's your finisher, and he finishes. Exactly. That's where you go. And like that you you move on from there. You get McGuire's next. Okay, great. Well, that that was actually shocking to me. I could not believe that that McGuire was was sec a second and B he just fired it in there. Right. <laughs> I mean, and it's you, I in that spot. I want to trust that the dad is telling them that's what you should be doing. Yeah. But Southgate has made weird decisions for the whole tournament anyway. Yeah. So and and he's and generally has gotten on fine from that. It hasn't come back to bite him until the moment where he needed it not to bite him right until the very last moment and i mean you can talk you can look at it as like a very long range talk bleep get hit if you want to look at sterling taking the dive against denmark 
to draw the penalty and to nail that. I mean, ball don't lie in this situation if you want to extend it even further. And I know that Sterling was upset over some of the contact in that game, but you could even see the ref talk to him. It's like, not today, kid. Like, mm-hmm. No, I mean, that might have been the last group, but not me. That's not how this game is going to go. Yeah. We saw um, the defender from Italy just pull Saka down from the back. Like, with with a, the horse collar. With a classic horse collar tackle that was not a red. Um, just great entertainment. Not even television. not even 15 yards. Yeah, it was, a, it was a great game. It was a fantastic game to watch and a fantastic yeah. game to behold. For sure. Um, uh, there's uh, the Home Run Derby tonight. There's the All-Star Game tomorrow. There's the 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 Open, the British Open this week, uh, going into the weekend. Wimbledon just concluded. It's because it's it, the calendar has been compressed. Normally, you do not have all of these things happening at once. No. So having all of these things kind of line up a little bit closer together, it's got to be terrible for the athletes because they have to be exhausted. Oh, yeah. But it's great for me because I'm watching the content. So I appreciate their sacrifice so that I, me, can enjoy time on my couch watching sports. It's very rare you get a Stanley Cup final in July. It sucks. <laughs> it's the one thing that's stupid. I mean, right? hockey shouldn't be played past Memorial Day. Right. Once everybody starts thinking about, like, man, summer, like, no, hockey's done. We're done. Thank you. Ho- hockey's one where I legitimately want to talk about shortening the season. Play 65 games uh, honest, and get out of my life. I got to be honest, the 56-game season this year, it was perfect. Other than being condensed, I was here four times a week every night. But not every night, four times a week. Get it right. Uh, but uh, I could do that across the October to May type of schedule. Was there anybody who felt? Like, we didn't find out who the best team was because the schedule was shorter. No. Well, the the only reason I would say that is because they didn't get to play each other, uh, play all the teams. They just played in their own little bubbles. But, I mean, I would say that the best team from each division made the playoffs and all that stuff. Right. Would anybody have said the Sabres were not dead last in the NHL? Oh, right. No, absolutely not. Would anybody have said that uh, the Lightning were the best? Right, yeah. So far, yeah, far and away. I mean, they want their money, which is great, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't need 82 games. I don't. Nope. F- 56 is perfectly fine. 725 is the time. We'll take a break. Uh, on the other side, we'll take your phone calls if you're so inclined. TJ Luckman, I'm Corey Griswold. This is the Nightcap on WGR. It is the nightcap. Hi, everybody. I'm Corey Griswold. TJ Luckman here as well. Uh, hanging out with you until about 8 o'clock, which is when the Home Run Derby will take place. And you will hear people hit baseballs as far as they can for fabulous prizes. What, so, are, the, what are their prizes? Uh, I, they, I would assume cash. Yeah, right. Do they get in a car? The NHL All-Star Game gives away a car. They I gave don't away- I, I, I don't pay attention to all-star festivities. It's just well, they're not for us, right? Yeah, they're not for fans. But they're also, but also, sponsors. these are little stat factoids. I'd love to know. Yeah, um, like what are the like part of the bowl season? It's so fun in college football, seeing like the who gets good gift bags and who gets terrible gift bags, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would assume the there. I don't even know if there are gift bags for the Bahamas Bowl because it's in the Bahamas. The trip itself is the gift bag. <laughs> so, so my assumption is like you don't know is just you know yeah n- not necessary um you get a, a couple of drinks with an umbrella in it but like um for do athletes get that do pro athletes get that it's even legal like because they're pro athletes oh, right. so you don't have yeah. to worry about 
rules or laws or anything like that. You can bribe them. It's totally fine. Right. And uh, you can do that with college players now, too. Right. It's totally fine. Usually, the gift bags go to, like, the people who attend yeah. and hang out. It's okay. not for, like, the, the athletes just don't get that. Yeah. But I know that, like, Daniel Bri Daniel Briere won a uh, Dodge Nitro. Hell yeah. Because he was the MVP right. of the All-Star game. That's the stuff I want to know. What are they giving away for the... Uh, they're still doing this. Were they still doing it when John Scott won it? Because he was named MVP of the All-Star game, that's right? right? That's right. But I, I couldn't tell you. They, oh God, imagining like the blood coming out of Gary Bettman's face as he's just gritting his teeth, handing the keys over to John Scott. That... that Driving that, all the way to that, St. John's, you... That, that's like both one of the NHL's weirder embarrassing moments but also most awesome moments in the past 10 years yes. is that entire saga of making it not happen and then just ending up being like well it's what happened we ordered Here, the we ordered the Phoenix Coyotes to trade this player to Montreal so that they could send him to the very edge of North America physically speaking so that he wouldn't appear in an all-star game because we hate him and then the fans said no, let him play. <laughs> right. It's like, I can't, that actually happened. That's like stuff that happens in the 1940s or 30s or something right. like that, right? Right. Like the commissioner holds a grudge against a very specific player, and then that player is never going to be seen in the sport ever again like, and like, just disappear. Like, literally, that was that was John Scott's swan song. Exactly. Like, his, his, play, like, his place in the NHL was suspect to begin with, but that whole situation just threw... Just threw water all over the entire thing, and it was just like, okay. Actually, it threw gasoline on the entire thing because it was just the whole thing just flamed out, just a big explosion, and then it was over. Right, just done. It was very it was an accelerant. Right. Um. So there was a, apparently, uh, according to several local news agencies, there is a, an extraordinarily large bottle of soap hanging out at one of the grocery stores. So the world's largest bottle of soap is apparently at one of the local grocery stores, very nearby this studio. Okay. I have not seen a picture of it. Have you seen a picture of it? I've I've uh, I've seen a picture of it. I've I've seen the specs. Okay. It's uh Are we so I'm I'm gonna start okay. with this. Okay. Supermarket sweep sized. You know the kind you get in the aisle and it's got the bonus sticker on it and you rip it off and it says like how much you get added to your grocery bill. Yeah. No no I I no, it's not that. It's bigger. It's, it's bigger. It's bigger than it's, supermarket sweep size. I, I, okay. Yeah. Are we talking dunk tank here? Uh, it, it, it's a yeah narrow dunk tank, if okay. you will. The trick with this is, is that it actually has to have soap in it. It can't be just like a glass or plastic container with nothing inside of it, because right. then you have what you have is an extraordinarily large plastic container. Right. But if you're gonna have the largest bottle of soap. There's got to be soap in that bad boy. I agree. It. I mean, that's that's what I expect when it says bottle of soap. It's not bottle of air. Not Correct. bottle of. It's bottle of soap. That's there right. There be soap inside of it. We're we're gonna be sticklers about this. We're we're, we're gonna we're gonna have to uh, make an inspection. We're uh, we're gonna have to call the county. All these things. Now the trouble with this is that if you decide that you're going to have an enormously comically large bottle of soap. Are you going to, is everything going to be proportioned out? Like you literally grabbed the corners in Photoshop and just stretched it out? Or is it like this huge reservoir, but an actual sized bottle of soap dispenser on the top of it that you have to climb up to a ladder and get a hold of? Or is this like a sun tea bottle where the dispenser's on the bottom? How are, you do, how are we doing this? How are we making this work? Do you want me to tell you? you, you you're going to need a ladder. 
you're going to need that ladder. Okay, so the pump is on the, the top. The pump is on the top. Is the pump scaled up like the rest of the bottle? Yes, it, it is to scale. The pump has to work. It's got to work. I hope it works. It's got to, like, hitting a big buzzer on a game show. You just got to go up there and be like, ah, and hang from it. And an entire deluge of soap comes out of that thing. It, Far way too much soap than you could ever possibly need. Right. Like, it's it's just, a, like, whatever the, the scale is of your regular soap, you push down on the bottle. Right. That it it better be the equal scalable amount at that size. Is it funnier if it's the scalable amount, or is it funnier if it actually gives out a normal sized amount of soap? Def- to... Definitely a normal. Okay. Size you just amount. have to push it as hard as you can, and you still get a normal sized yep. bottle of soap. <laughs> yep. That's that's your only reward. Okay. It's just jeez, like, was this worth it? Who? God. Oh my goodness. All right. On, I, I guess honest, I'm clean. Honestly, if if you go up to the soap bottle. And uh, and you looked at it. I would say I would say it's worth it. But I I need you to guess. I need you to give, give me a guess based on what we've talked about. What it looks like. Uh, everything is to scale. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a narrow dunk tank right. sized bottle of soap. Okay. Do you have st- do you have stats on this bad boy? Oh, I, we- I have the stats. I have oh, the God. specs. We uh we have everything we need. If it's a dunk tank, it's got to be pushing ten feet, <laughs> buddy. Oh no! Okay, so twenty feet. Okay, now now you're in the neighborhood. That uh, so you were you were you were cold, and now you're very very warm. Okay, so it's, we're in the twenty foot range. What are we talking about for like circumference? Um, if it's to scale, I'm thinking like this thing has got to be like at least six feet wide. You're uh, a little bit bigger. Eight feet? Yeah. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you 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 got close enough. I'm just gonna give it's it. Disgusting. To you. It's twenty one feet tall. It's eight and a half feet in diameter. It's, tr- I'm sorry, how much? How much does it weigh? Oh no. Um. Well, there's the vessel itself. Right. So how much does the vessel weigh? And then also putting that amount of hand soap. So 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 okay. This will this will probably answer whether there's hand soap in it though. Okay. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I have to tell you then and at no, that well, point. I I will make a guess. It's gotta be at least a ton. It's uh, it's it's twenty five hundred pounds. It's a, it's, yeah, it's, that's that's a ton and a half, right? It's a ton and a quarter. Pretty ton much. and a quarter. Yeah. That okay. So the, yeah, there's soap you're in right. there. I, I I haven't taken fractional math or anything <laughs> like that in like it's you know, fifteen well, years. We ha- we haven't had to think about the sabers being good. So. Uh, um, also, also, right. Yeah, I haven't had to do much point counting in how, a long time. Yeah. The the NFL uses rounded points. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Wins and losses. That's that's easy. So okay. How how are you going to use this when you're cleaning? Like, there's no practical use because you can't put it, bring it in your water. Absolutely not. Like, where's the running water for this thing? I, like, you're going to go up there and you're going to get an actual normal amount of soap out of this giant handle. We've agreed on that. Yeah. But then you've got it. Then you got to climb down with soap on your hands. Sounds dangerous. The whole thing is a huge OSHA violation. Like, it's you. Like, there's no way this will pass muster. We can't do this. I can't put this in my shop. You bring. I ask you for a soap dispenser. This is what you bring to me. I think the. I think the rule is they're not able to. They're not allowed to sell it. As long as they don't sell it, they can have it anywhere. Does it come with like an MSDS port thing where you just open it up? It's like here's all the toxic chemicals that's inside of it. If if I had to get so the front of it, it if you open up a a picture of it, the front of it has like soap details. It's it's a coconut milk and sandalwood oh, God. scent. Right. Yeah. Sure. So, sure it is. so I have to guess that if all of that is on the front, we're gonna have our our uh, 
you know, what we can't inhale or eat or ingest or anything like that on the back. All the ingredients, all the all the chemicals that are in the in the mixture. What is an amount of soap that's unsafe to be in public? Like, is this? I think this might be it. This might be it. Might be pushing it. How do you like? Because it's it's like one of those things. It's like the Wiener Mobile, right? Like for, from Oscar Mayer. Like yeah. you, you see that thing in the neighborhood, you know what's up. Like you can't hide that thing. No. So you you're rolling down the street with this, the world's largest bottle of soap. You can't subtly bring that down the street. There's no, no way to sneak that in. Like it, people are gonna know it's coming. And people are gonna see it. That's a giant bottle of soap. Look at that thing. This this thing's well. There's a way around that. They'll they'll, they'll bring it in a semi, and they'll bring it around back to the store. And then they'll dock the truck. Nobody's going to see it come into the store. They're going to see them wheel it out, for sure. Yep. Actually, no, they're going to do this. All this, all these stores close overnight now. All the grocery stores. That's right. It's still not, COVID protocols. Right. right. So, and they, were doing, and they were doing this before COVID protocols even. But the, uh, so they're, they're going to do this all overnight. So, so nobody's going to see it come into the store. Nobody's going to have any clue <laughs> how this got here. Uh, but, I mean, you can't transport a liquid like that. Like they have, this is why they have tanker trucks. So like, do you fill it up on site or do you just have to like put it on a flatbed and hope the thing don't tip? That's, that's a good question. I, I'm hauling I, two, 2.25 tons of liquid on the back of this flatbed. I hope I don't hit a breeze. Cause otherwise Jeremy and Howard in the morning are going to have another thing to talk about. That's with, right. Uh, with accidents on the road. That's right. And there's going to be tons of tweets about it with uh, funny quips of headlines. It'll be great. Wait. I mean, it's quite frankly, a dangerous amount of soap to have in public. You're not wrong. I'm completely with you on this. Do you get a complimentary bottle of soap while you're there? By a compliment, like as in you go in and they give you like, thank you for coming to visit the largest bottle of soap. In history, here is a complimentary bottle. Here's soap. Here, soap. Here's is it, here's soap. Is it like a hotel-sized soap? Well, that's the trick, because if you have... are You you have the largest bottle of soap and more soap now, because you have to give soap out. You're already you're already putting a lot of soap in the bottle. Like, you don't have much soap left to give. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, where are we getting all the soap from? You had to fill... You had to put a ton of soap, literally, in, in this bottle. And now I got to get more soap for the soap? I need to sell soap because I got soap here. I can't I can't believe we've made nearly a whole segment of radio on this. This is amazing. This how, is great. How do you... How, what are the logistics of this it, thing? I'm fascinated by it. Like, I, <laughs> before, before we got here, I didn't think a thing of this, and now I have so many questions. There's two trucks. There's one truck to haul the giant soap bottle that weighs 2.25 tons and then there is another truck to haul the smaller bottles that also equal 2.25 tons of soap an equal amount of soap that you have to pass out based on the large bottle of soap right or so are we saying that since they brought that much soap with them they have to give away that much soap what would you rather fight would you rather fight one large with the world's largest soap container or would you rather fight 2500 smaller soap containers like i have to fight them <laughs> this is a yes like this is a least, fight like are we saying at least do i have to take do i have to take a, a a punch if you will from the bottle of soap or or from the 2500 small bottles of soap or can i sidestep because in my opinion soap can't move uh, there's only one way to find out buddy <laughs> i guess so i guess so um yeah i oh 
I'm going with the giant soap bottle. <laughs> just did I, I'm going with the I'm 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 going with my interpretation. Going with that because I, I can't. I definitely if a braver man than me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I guess I'm I'm just taking my chances because if not, then I I've led a good life and that's that that is what it is. And in 2,500 pounds of soap, I'll not be able to withstand that. TJ, I'm gonna remember. I'm going gonna, gonna to remind you right now, TJ, that this is a family program. So understand that when I ask you this question. Oh, no. What is the liquid you absolutely want no part of to see the largest bottle of that's outside? And we're not, this is a, a fluid for consumer use. This is not, we're not talking this is, bodily this is, functions. This is a family show. This is a family show. So it's we're in the soap category, right? So this is something you could literally buy in a store. So that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about um, safe either for consumption or safe for human use. But it's a bottle that sized of it. What's the last thing you want to see? Thinking. That's that's. I wasn't prepared for this question. That's okay. We got time. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm gonna need. If if you have something before me, I want you to, to go with it. But I'm, but I'm, I'm gonna think. I'm gonna think of something. I'm standing in the condiment aisle right now. Yeah. And like, there's a lot of like. I don't need this. I don't need any anything of this here. To be pass to be that large, hanging out next to me, like the world's largest bottle of blue cheese. No, thank you, absolutely not. No. So um, I'm gonna go with yes, uh, largest bottle of of uh, horseradish. God, it's not great. That I and I like horseradish, but I cannot imagine 2,500 pounds of horseradish. Same. Bottle, same type of dispenser, dispenses the same amount. <laughs> okay, so so we're talking about. Uh, you can probably smell it walking up to it. Oh too. God! Oh yes. my! If if you're talking about the same bottle, that's and the right. Same. Oh my God! Drive it out to the hammer lot. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh. <laughs> you thought oh, you were it, done put... with the ketchup and mustard, buddy? I got bad news for you, Pinto Ron. <laughs> we have the world's largest <laughs> bottle. Of brown spicy mustard out here, right here for you. Everybody's poor noses. It's going to kill you. You'll drown in this. <laughs> and we're going to get it started right now. Everybody, big round of applause, everybody. The unsafe hour of, of liquids on WGR. Jeez <laughs> oh, Louise. Rhea will never be on the radio again. No. Nope. TJ Luckman, I'm Corey Griswold. It's the nightcap. We'll be back to wrap it up before the home run derby on WGR. Sure. I'm open to it. Are you sure? I mean, I'll think about it. What? Anything goes. It's the summertime. We're hanging out. Life's a dream. 7.50 is the time on the clock. It's the nightcap. I'm Corey Griswold. TJ Luckman is now behind the board. We swap spaces because he's running the Home Run Derby tonight. That's right. I am not because I was here all day. So uh, that will be great. Joe DiBiase will be back tomorrow. He's returning from special assignment. So he will return for the nightcap and for uh, Chopin the Bulldog and whatnot. People are, st- are slowly returning from the breaks that they were taking. Uh, this is usually the time when people take their vacations here at the station. But even th- but like TJ and I were talking about before, everything's compressed. Yeah. So like the, the time span where you can take breaks is much shorter. So everybody's taking it all at once. 
this year. Usually it'd be spaced out, but now like Sal's out and Jeremy is, I believe, out and uh, Joe's out. So there's a lot of people who aren't here at the station and um, they're not needed because the thing is still running. So take that. That's right. It's not true at all. They're they're incredibly important to the stuff we do here at WJR Sports Radio 550, and we're happy to have them. Um, I like look at who's saying it. I'm just wandering in here and pressing buttons because I'm technically on summer vacation. I'm the guy who's supposed to be on summer vacation, filling in for people who are on summer vacation. I haven't sat in this chair. I just mentioned this to TJ during the break. I haven't sat in this chair in the studio probably in 15 years. And I don't. Has it been clean since then? It has to have been. There, were, like we were cleaning the, the building during COVID. The the chair the chair's been changed, but uh, that that microphone cover might not have been changed in all all the fifteen years. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you uh, it's got it looks like it. It's got stains. Is that maple syrup? What is that? I talking I, about I, fluids. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I could not tell you. But, Absolutely uh, disgusting. And th- and there was a uh, there was a period where you weren't you weren't even here for a little while too. So like. How much, how much of it is the same from that? Oh, God. <laughs> Terrifying. Uh, so uh, how big of a home run blasts do we want to see tonight? What kind of showbiz, uh, showstopper kind of home runs do we want to see? I'm okay if they juice the, the baseballs. Like, they should, first of all, they should have exploding baseballs just to, as gags. Like make it like make it totally a, a carnival. Just have it be a lot of fun. They should have the ABA Moneyballs. Just have like different colored baseballs, and if you hit it and you knock that one out of the park, yeah, you get a you get a special prize for it, like like a like a bonus ball type of uh, type of thing. Oh, this one counts for two home runs. You know what might be cool okay. is to have them do the thing where you write the number or the letter on the baseball, and you say like I'm throwing it at you. You tell me what what I wrote on it, and you just they have to call it out before they hit it, and if they get it right, like they get a special prize. That would be very cool to that, see. Okay, that, I like that idea. It like. It adds that sort of value to it while taking away absolutely nothing. Correct. That's Cause, awesome. Because there's nothing. There's there's, there's nothing to take away. No, there's no te- nothing to take away. It's an a, exhibition. There, right. Like all this, you should. It's just eight guys who are getting together, having their best friends pitch them absolutely easy balls for them to absolutely skyrocket out out into the outfield for you know over 400, 500 feet. And you know what? <laughs> for a sport that wants to make their games actively shorter. And end sooner because they hate their own sport. This is something that should be easy to do for them. Yes. Is to just like, just let's just, this is where we can have fun. Like making doubleheaders seven innings and starting with a guy on base already in extra innings because you actively hate your sport and want it to end. Like, no, like, like you don't have an excuse to say these ideas are dumb. You already do the dumb stuff, baseball, all the time. You're ruining it. So, like, no, this could be fun. Just let them have fun. Let them do stuff. Fun. It's it's hard. It's hard to let people have fun when, uh, when, uh, you know, when the they're trying to have fun for their entire careers. This, yes. this is all. This and this is all. A lot. Of, a lot of sports rules and bureaucracy. It's just like you're doing this to legitimize a business. Like, come on. Dude. Like they're they're all playing games that they we've they've been playing since we were kids. Baseball's also got the physics to have fun like this. Oh yeah. Like not not a lot of other sports have physics as crazy as baseball. So, like, this is where you can really cut loose and have some fun with, like, let's see how far we can push this thing. Can this guy hit a baseball a 1,000 feet? Like, what do we got to do to make that happen? Let's right. try it. It's like the space race. 
Uh, that's going to do it for us. TJ, thank you for coming in on short notice and hanging out with me and talking to me. I'm Corey Griswold. Joe DiBiase will be back. The Home Run Derby is up next on WGR. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.